Now, this theme for this year, our theme for this year is victory. And today, if you can put the first one up for me, Karen, the title of my message is called Victory in the Little Things. Now, if we were in kids' church this morning, which you will, if you're a parent, you'll find me in kids' church as well, which I think is an absolute privilege to be able to serve out in our kids' program as well. But one thing that we would probably say to them, so we're going to have a little bit of participation this morning, because that's what we do in kids' church, is if we told them what the title is, we would probably say, on the count of three... I want you to say this with me in your loudest voices. So on the count of three, we're going to say this with your loudest voices. One, two, three. Victory in the little things. Then what we would probably do with your whisper voices, we're going to say this at the count of three in your quietest voices that you've got. One, two, three. Victory in the little things. And that is the kind of participation we have in Kids Church. Um, I just want to do a little plug for Kids Church now too. If working with children is something that you think that you could do, you might go, well, I can't work with kids, but maybe I could vacuum the floor afterwards. Then I want you to come and talk to me after the service and we will see what we can do to get you plugged in. Now, so we have three different ages for our kids' church. We have toddlers who goes from two years old until when you start school. Then we have our kids' church, which is from reception to year four. And then we have the one-up, which is getting ready for youth. And that starts at year five to when they feel like, oh, we can sit in church now, either because we have to or it's probably good for you too. But in kids' church, what we do is we have a marble jar. And if people participate in the service and they listen to the growing ups, they do all the right thing, they get marbles to fill in this jar. Now, if you received a marble, obviously you are participating very well in the singing. Do you want to come and put your marble in the jar for me? If you received a marble today in church, oh, oh, Shawnee. Yeah, hot, yeah, Shawnee received a marble. <laughs> Wow, we had lots of participation in church today. Now, the reason I kind of said it is for parents in the room, if you sometimes wonder why the kids have said, we had a class party today out in kids' church, you'll go, were they not teaching them about God stuff today? No, we do. We teach them about God stuff. But when they get that jar filled they get to choose something that they would want to do out there in the kids' lesson. And you know what they usually choose? A party with junk food. That is their choice. A party with junk food. Now, junk food to them is watermelon sticks on a skewer. Like, that's, that's, that's a party with nice stuff. But when this jar gets filled four times, they get to choose to do something extra special, which... Once this jar is filled, that's its fourth time being filled. And what the kids have chosen is they want to have time at the leisure centre. So as a church, we're going to make that happen for them. Now, it won't be held on a Sunday morning because 
we want all the families and the kids to come to church because we think that's a good thing on a Sunday morning. But we will be doing it on a Saturday morning and it won't be just a drop and run time where you can drop your kids off. We can actually connect together as families on that morning. So parents, if you hear of it, it's legit. We are having a kids party at the leisure centre because they filled that jar up four times. Is it good to know that background information? Because sometimes you don't know what goes on, but what goes on out there is really a lot of fun. Okay, let's get on to my message. So, we know the title of the message is Victory in the Little Things. I thought I made the font big enough that I wouldn't need glasses this morning, but clearly 14 font wasn't big enough. Okay, let's go to the Word of God. Enough of Pauline talking. If you've been around the church any amount of time, I'm sure you would have heard it said that, you know, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, when we stay connected to him, we bear fruit, fruit that remains good fruit. But let's just see what the Bible says about it. So this is Jesus telling us in John 15, it says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Makes sense, doesn't it? If you were cut off, you're not going to be able to produce fruit because you're no longer connected to the source of life. Now, this is really interesting. When something is repeated again in the very next verse, it's probably something we need to listen to. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, he only told us that four verses ago. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Doesn't matter how clever we are, apart from him, we can do nothing. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to my father. And then in verse 16, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. This passage of scripture is going to be our launching pad for today's message. When we stay connected to the vine, we will produce much fruit. And that's what he's actually calling us to do. We have to be fruit producers. The last part really got to me. He didn't choose me. No, he's saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you. He chose you. He knows all about me. He knows the worst parts about me. And he still says, I chose you. Just think about that for a moment. He chose me. Knowing everything he knows about me and he still chose me. He wants to see us producing fruit, lasting fruit. But you know what? That was his mandate. Way back in the beginning, his mandate, and it hasn't changed for every person on the planet, that he chose you. So even people that don't know Jesus, he's chosen them. 
He's chosen them. We need to remember that. Every person, that's his mandate, that he chose everyone to see us producing fruit. Now, you're going to say, well, how do we do that? Well, good question. This morning, we're going to give you some keys to show you how we can keep producing fruit that remains. The next scripture we're going to look at is found in Pastor Rob's favourite book of the Bible, and it's found in the Song of Songs. It's not his favourite book in the Bible. Um, I'm telling you right now, it's probably, I have never, ever preached from this book in the Bible. I don't know why. I don't think I'm embarrassed to preach from it. Some of it's not all G-rated, so that could be a reason we don't preach from the Song of Songs. But this next scripture that we're going to read... In light of today's subject, victory in the little things, it's a really important passage of scripture. Who's found that in this journey called life, it's not only the big problems that cause us trouble, but it can be lots and lots of little things that just build up over time. And it's often the case in relationships too. The context of this next passage that I'm going to read relates to a marriage relationship, but the same principles can apply in every relationship, whether it's families, with our children, with our friends, or even our work colleagues. Relationship experts tell us it is often the normal stresses of life that cause relationship breakdowns. It's those little things that just happen constantly. Are you ready for the scripture? Song of Songs 2.15, it's quite all right. It says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blooming. What damage or ruin could a little fox possibly do to a vineyard Look at that cute little fox. The fox doesn't come and only eat the fruit of the vine. They gnaw at the trunks. They dig holes around the vine to expose the roots. They don't simply eat the grapes. They like to destroy the entire vine. So remember what it says. It says, Catch all the foxes, those little foxes. When it says foxes, it means there's usually more than one. You getting the point of what they're trying to say? There's more than one little thing that comes in to bring damage. It's the little things that are often overlooked that can spoil things of great value. We need to remove all dangers Obstacles and threats that want to threaten our relationship. The couple from the Bible reading here wanted anything that could potentially cause damage to their relationship and they wanted it dealt with. They didn't want them ignored, but they wanted them identified so it could be dealt with. The little foxes needed to be rounded up and destroyed. And all potential threats to their relationship needed to be removed. This could actually be a marriage lesson, couldn't it? 
couldn't it, guys? We could be talking about the things to, you know, cultivate relationships. Um, this couple were taking their relationship very seriously and they didn't want anything to, to destroy their precious union. The second part said, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. Do you know that it doesn't see they've already produced clusters of grapes? It's saying they are blossoming. Yesterday, Rob said to me, our mandarin tree has got hundreds of blossoms on it. Now, if every one of those blossoms were to produce a mandarin, we would have a, an amazing crop this year. I think this year we got three. So if there's hundreds of little blossoms, that should be hundreds of little mandarins. But the problem where we live is we have a lot of wind. And guess what happens? Half the blossoms get knocked off because of the wind, because there's no protection from the wind around that mandarin tree. So we can learn from this couple in Song of Songs, and we can also learn from John 15 if we stay connected to the vine, that we need to look after our branches, or we need to look after the whole thing from the little things that want to come in and attack. So the first key that I'm going to talk to us about today, or that cute little fox, is no tolerance. No tolerance to that cute little fox. We need a no tolerance approach to anything that wants to come in and cause damage. Foxes are not allowed to feel welcomed or at home in our vineyards. The conditions are not going to be made comfortable for them. They need to be rounded up and destroyed. You don't mess around and play with things that are designed to bring damage. The vineyard owner will always be on the lookout and on guard for signs that show that pests have been there. They don't turn a blind eye, just hoping things will work out for themselves. No, these pests need to be dealt with. In Bible times, they didn't have the technology that we have today. So most modern vineyards use, they make the most of all um, means available. They fence off their vineyards, they'll hunt them out, they use netting, they use baits, and they use scare devices because they have a no-tolerance approach to any critters wanting to come and bring damage to their vineyard. They do whatever is needed so the grapes are protected. They want a full harvest. But in protecting the fruit, they make sure they're protecting the whole vine as well. So we need to have the same no tolerance approach in our lives. One thing that I know for me personally, that's what I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you things that help me, is I need to protect my quiet time. Who knows so many distractions want to come in and rob us of that time? Sometimes I feel like, why does that phone seem so tempting to pick up just when I go down to read the Bible? Maybe I need to leave my phone in one room. 50-year-old woman gets distracted by phone. We need to have a no-tolerance approach to those things, those little things that want to come in. Because the devil knows how powerful it is when we spend time with our saviour. 
Because you know how he knows? Because he used to be a worshipper. When his name was Lucifer, he was a worshipper. But because he was too proud and he came down, he doesn't want you to have that quiet time. So you need to have a no-tolerance approach with things that want to come in and crowd out your time from having your quiet time with God. Yeah, so if the enemy can distract us, he will. But I don't want you to be every night when you go put your head on the pillow, go, oh, I missed out again today. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. You've got to go, no, we've got to get rid of the distractions today and have no tolerance for those distractions. The next thing is don't ignore the signs. When something comes scratching around, measures will be taken. Don't be someone who just talks, but then no actions follow. It tells us in James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. It takes effort to do something about it. It's easy to pretend we don't see something when it's small. We can pretend we don't hear that request. We can just ignore the children's bad behaviour. Look at that cute little fox. What could it possibly do? Cute does not equal godly. Don't ignore cute problems. Don't ignore a problem when it looks small. You know, vineyard owners will not ignore the signs. And we, need to, we too need to take responsibility that we are not to let the little foxes have their way in our lives. It takes effort, but the Bible is clear on the subject. It reminds us in Luke 16.10, it says, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the larger ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. Proverbs 14.23 says, work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. It takes work to keep the little things in check, but the work is worth it in the long run. The third key is be on guard and stay awake, and my words is, to what is actually going on. A fox comes in so sneakily. They don't want you to know they're there. They just come sneaking in to do damage. And we know this firsthand. The day all our four chooks got killed by a fox, the fox did not let us know it was coming. It did not. It did not tell us. It gave us no warning. Our chooks didn't call out. They said nothing. And you know what? It's quite clear. The Bible even talks about this. It says, John 10.10, a thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But, this is the good news, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. If you knew a thief was coming to break into your house, you would do whatever you could to stop him. We need to do the same with the devil. Now, this message is not to give glory to the devil. No, 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 no. He's defeated. But he's got some old tricks that are just little, that he, he kind of works on us if we don't have that fruit of the Spirit operating. So 
We are not going to allow ourselves to be an easy target. So don't allow yourselves to be an easy target. Be a wake-up that he just wants to come and bring damage. So when things are going on in the house, he's just wanting to bring damage there. Don't allow yourself to be the target. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He preys around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The devil is not going to be all cute with you. He wants to cause you damage and make no mistake about it. That is why we need a no tolerance policy with him. We're telling devil, no, not today. Hillsong have got a song, no, not today. You, you thought you had that one, no, not today. Oh, you thought you could get me frustrated, no, not today. Kids keep whining 50 times, no, not today. Just remember what the fox is. James 4 verse 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, we just need to keep remembering the first passage of Scripture that we looked at in John 15. In verse 5 it says, For apart from me you can do nothing. So you can't do anything without his help. You can't do nothing. And remember in verse 16 it says, I chose you. He chose you. He didn't choose us to let us fail. He chose us so that we could succeed. But it says there, resist. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need to make ourselves resistant to the enemy's plans. Have you ever tried to stick sticky tape on something covered with oil? Don't bother. doesn't work. So, because I've tried. Something got all, you know, oily and tried to stick, oh, it didn't work. And I just thought about that going, you know what? I just need to make sure spiritually that I'm covered in oil. I'm covered in the oil of the Holy Spirit. We don't want anything sticking on us. Make sure that we are resistant to the enemy's plans. Vineyard owners do whatever is needed to protect their vines. They are always on the lookout for what is coming to bring damage. Just because they got rid of those little critters once doesn't mean they won't come back again and they are always on guard. They are not relaxed or casual in their response. And us with chooks, we're not relaxed or casual either. So we've got a few adjustments to do to our chook house before we get some more chooks because we're not relaxed and casual. No, not today. We don't want those fox getting our chooks today. Now, our last key, so that kind of acts like I'm a little bit nearly ready, finished, is make allowances for one another. That's what we need to do, make allowances for one another, which means we can't keep records of wrongs. We will get hurt in relationships, but there are healthy and unhealthy ways for dealing with it. I've got a hot tip for everyone here today. Make sure that you do not think that your partner is the enemy. The foxes are the enemy, not our partner. We've often done marriage courses and what they say is if there's an issue bringing grief, you two sit close together and keep the issue there. Talk about the issue. Talk about the little fox that wants to come in and do damage. 
Your partner is not the enemy. So Colossians 3.13 says, make allowances for each other's faults. That means we have them. And forgive everyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. When we have been hurt by those close to us, we need to forgive. We have been forgiven of so much that we too need to forgive others. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Do you know, that word humble has come up a few times in Scripture today. And it simply means having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's importance. When we think we're eating a bit and we're up here, we think everyone else we need to serve. But that's why it's saying we need to be humble. We need to know that it's not our job to just feel like everyone's got to do stuff for us. We've got to be able to do the same thing. So just make sure that we are humble in our approach, even in relationships. Because I tell you what, when someone's humble, it's way easier to talk to them. Even when they're right and they're humble, way easier to say sorry. Way easier to say sorry when someone's humble. It's hard to say sorry when someone's always right. Well, I find it hard. And we, we can't do any of this. We can't even have that fruit that they talk about operating unless the Holy Spirit helps us. And it says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against such things. When it's saying there's no law, it means we've got to be producing that over and over. Love, joy, peace, patience. Isn't that what your house looks like? Kindness, gentleness, self-control. That's what He wants our homes to look like. Make sure there is joy in your homes. If you are the thermostat of your home, there's usually one person, even more than one, that can come in the house and if they are in a grumpy mood, we all know about it. And if you don't know who that person is, it's probably you. Make sure your face knows to be joyful and smile. If you have had a rotten day at work, why don't you still put a smile on your face when you come home? It's not their fault. And if something really needs to be spoken about, speak about it in an appropriate way. And why I say we need to make allowances for each other is because every single one of us has a different personality and different style. Some people are global thinkers. Some people are analytical thinkers. Your analytical thinker takes all the facts and puts everything together and makes sure they can work it all out. And the global thinker is just thinking of the big picture and we're going to get there and that's what we're going to do. 
doesn't kind of matter what happens along the way because they're going to get there. They love working in teams because everyone else is doing the work for them. I had a friend who looked at my desktop. shouldn't say it's me because I'm a bit of both. I'm global and analytical and some things I'm so analytical, some things I'm so big picture thinker. And she saw all these different files open on my desktop and she said, oh, how can you work with a computer like that? So she put everything in files, still can't find them because I don't know what they were named under. So, but can you see, we need everybody on our team. We don't need everyone thinking like me. We don't need every, everyone thinking like you. And then there's some people, if you've done pre-marriage counselling with us, there's the rhinos and there's the hedgehogs that go into a little ball because, and the funniest thing is, God usually puts a rhino and a hedgehog together. Him in his wisdom. Is that so that we can learn to make allowances for one another because of our love? We've got to be careful with the tone and the way we talk to people. Don't always be joking around hoping that someone will get our cue. We need to mean what we say and say what we mean. Don't say you don't need help in the kitchen and then get upset when no one helps. Do you know that the family members can't read your mind? And the quicker you realise that, the better you're going to be. Ask them for what you need. Even if you think they should know, just ask. Parents, be clear with your children. And children, be clear with your parents. We don't need the little foxes coming in. I had my parents come and visit me the other week and they were talking about different things in their world and if ever they downsized and... And my mum said, oh, we'll need your, your, your girl's help because I've got two other sisters. And I said, that's good. I said, and when the time comes, tell us exactly what you're wanting. She goes, I'm telling you now. I said, telling me now for something that might happen in six years' time isn't going to work. You'll need to tell me what you need then. Because I've spent a lot of my life trying to make people happy, trying to understand where they're coming from but a red hot tip is tell us what you're needing when you can tell us what you're needing we can help out so mean what you say and say what you mean and be clear communicate I remember a couple of months ago there was a couple people in my family who upset me hard to believe I've got amazing I wasn't quite sure how to deal with the situation and it bothered me how the situation turned out. I remember the following morning I woke up at four o'clock. Isn't it funny how you remember those times, like those three o'clock and four o'clock times? Because you don't normally get up at four o'clock in the morning. Well, clearly I don't. And I knew that it was a little nudge from the Holy Spirit going, come and have some time with me. And it's a great time, four o'clock, not to get distracted. And I had my quiet time and it was good. Nothing out of the ordinary. It was just really nice just spending time with my dad who loves me. And he just wants to share stuff to me through the word. And after that time, I'd still had plenty of time before the rest of the family would 